Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. A little different out there this morning than we had yesterday. Gorgeous day yesterday in the last few days. Uh, we've had lots of uh, great warmth, and uh, it, which really helped get the soil nice and warm, which is really good for, for your root growth and uh, getting the trees uh, getting ready for winter, unfortunately. But right now you got to ensure that we're going to get enough water down into the, into the root ball. And uh, this little bit of rain that we're going to get, it sounds like a lot, but when you're talking newly planted trees and shrubs and your existing big trees, your big spruce trees and stuff, it's still, we need to, it's been quite a dry season overall, so I would still recommend uh, doing some watering, getting some fertilizer out there here in September. Um, see a lot of the trees are starting and after this little bit of cool weather you'll see a big change the leaves will will switch the the little light switch will go and then hopefully we get some good color it doesn't look like it's gonna get cold enough to give us that uh, freeze dried on the leaves so it looks like it's just gonna hover around that um, plus one so hopefully it stays like that but it is a time to uh, cover your your tenders if you get some tender veggies like cucumbers and melons and any of your squashes and things like that. Uh, we got a whole bunch of uh, um, blankets and plant blankets and frost blankets, um, different little greenhouse things that you can just put over top of your of your plants to help protect them for those cool nights. But it's also very good for a lot of your fruit. It, it's going to add a lot of sugar content, get them nice and sweet, which is nice. Your tomato plants, like I said, this morning I was out there sort of at 630 Grabbed a handful of the tomatoes, and man, they're nice, just nice and nice and sweet. And they're, when they're nice and cold like that, you get the sugar content, and they just taste so much better. And you also, and I'll probably have to mention a few times throughout the show, continue with your annuals, like your petunias and geraniums. They'll be fine through this weather. Um, I don't think it's going to get like into the minuses, so we should be fine. And with a little bit of moisture, it actually helps protect them a little bit as well. So... It uh, continue to water and fertilize your your annuals because the rest of September looks pretty damn nice. So let's uh, let's enjoy that and uh, and do some gardening. Like I said, great time to transplant perennials, different things like that. And if you're looking to add trees and shrubs to your garden, now is a great time to uh, to do that as well. As uh, most of the garden centers have things on sale and. So you're going to have a good selection. I know we got uh, a truckload in last week, so we're fully stocked again with a whole fresh shipment of uh, hydrangeas and things like that. I try to get the sort of our top 10. I, I bring them in a couple more times to keep them um, in stock during our, our sale. I like to make sure that we just not get rid of the old stuff. I like to make sure I have some good stuff for you guys on sale as well. And uh, so we got uh, lots of the Annabelles and the quick fires and the limelights. Those are the ones that just do so well here. But right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Marty. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good, Merle. About six weeks ago, I did an application of iron chelate on our uh, aspens. Yeah. And noticed a big difference. The leaves of the green has kind of come back. Can I put another application on, or is it too late? No, right now it's still fine, because actually that'll be good, because it builds it up into the root system for next year, and it'll still take up a little bit, and hopefully that'll even help with your fall color. So, Can I use anything to... So my 
backyard is in a, on a bit of a slant. Can I, and so when I put down a lot of it seems to wash away, can I put any holes in my ground at all to pour it down? Or that- yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Or you can even use like one of those tree watering bags or something like that. Okay. Those work really good for, especially on hills or, or things like that. Um, or if you get a pail and just drill some really small holes in it, just a few small holes, so this this so it can percolate down into it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, another quick question for you. Um, your garden. So my uh, sister-in-law lives in Okotoks, and and she has an area where where they live. Um, they get a lot of water saturation, and she's looking for some kind of a um, uh, soil uh, to amend that. So she was she was looking on your site. Is her is the garden mix the best? soil that she could use because she doesn't want anything with a lot of peat moss in it yeah actually that one doesn't have any peat moss it's all organic garden mix and it's sort of a mixture of manure and uh and some compost we also have another one that i get off the racetrack um north of calgary it's called the greened up soil enhancer yeah what is that that's actually a mixture of um some shavings and stuff but it's been aged and it's actually a really really good uh, soil amendment and and works like a mulch slash soil amendment, so it has some things that really holds water really quite well. Can so I you, put that in my garden beds, like for my absolutely. vegetable gardens? Absolutely, absolutely. Could I? Yeah, it's great for that. Okay. So. And one quick other one. Um, we were ta- you were talking earlier about frost blankets and. Um, can can a person use um, the big contain the plastic containers that the trees come in? Cut the bottoms out and put it on top as a support so your blankets aren't absolutely yeah. Or big bamboo stakes, absolutely those. Yeah, that's a great idea with those pots. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Okay. Absolutely, perfect. I appreciate that. All right, thanks, thanks. Marty. Appreciate the call. I'm glad that iron worked out for you. Right on. Thanks a lot. Yep. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, that's I've seen a bit of that um, on the on some ragosas. On the, like the Hansa roses and things like that around, you're seeing some um, iron depletion <laughs> out of some of the plants, and where they're they're getting chlorotic, and uh, and the iron chelates is something that you can do to get the green back up, which is uh, really really good. And I and I had uh, an earlier text that I responded to, but it says hi, my moon glow. I'm going to get lots of this. Are dropping needles from the bottom. I just give it a good shot of Rage Plus, anything else. What I'd recommend to do is, if you're seeing a little bit of browning on your juniper and stuff, just get your uni nozzle out, your little spray nozzle on the end of your hose. Give everything a good, really wash wash it out really good. Not blasting it, but with, with a good pressure. And that'll wash out any of the webbing, any of the bugs that are in there. Knocks out any of the dead needles. Just give it a good washing like that. Soak it in really well. Give it a shot of 30-10-10. And uh, it'll be ready to go for next year. So that's uh, the perfect. And, and lots of the pines and spruce right now are starting to get yellowing in the center. And again, that's fairly normal. We get that happen a couple times a year, depending on what trees. And they go through a shedding process. So it's really quite normal. As long as it's in the center of the plant, it's not your outer limbs, it, you'll be totally fine. So. Um, where are we at for time? I'm going to go to one more phone call. I'm going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Well, good morning, Ned. I wanted to ask you about, uh, can I still plant to roses? Absolutely. Yeah, right now is a great time to plant roses. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I know we got a bunch of uh, the native Alberta roses in, and actually they're on sale right now. They're really nice. Yeah. Because um, the ground's really warm right now. The soil's at its warmest 
apart right now for the season. So it's actually a really good time to transplant. Just fall planting, people got to remember <laughs> remember to continue to water them in. Because yeah. sometimes when people plant in the fall, they kind of plant them, water once or twice, and then they forget about them. So you got to make sure you continue to water it right up until it frees up. So. I would like one that grows nice and tall. Yeah. A bush. What could yeah, like Teresa Bugnais are really nice. They grow nice and tall. The John Cabos. We have we have a few of the good climbing roses. Again, the 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 the, the native uh, Alberta rose is a great one for that too. It gets quite tall. And so a, a tall rose bush. How wide would it grow? How wide? You get about three to four feet wide. Oh, great! And you have nice pink ones there. Yes, we do. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks, Marie. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. What's beeping? Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up. Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, we can chat about any of your garden needs. And again, right now, at this time of year, just following some of the um, the different gardening sites and different things and... uh, and and that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult here in Calgary as we are one of our own type of areas where we read a lot of things and it's out of BC. We get into Victoria, Vancouver. A lot of the, the authors are in that area where they have a bit more of a population. Here in Calgary, I really recommend this is the time of year when we do a little bit of procrastination on our gardening you can cut some of the plants down and a little bit, but try and leave most of them up for the most part as that's going to work for winter protection and and they're going to do that um, Mother Nature thing. So like uh, Stelladora lily, like all that nice foliage just sort of folds down over top of it, protects the root system, keeps the moisture in and things like that. So it's really important to not... Um, to clean up too well, like this time to where you can have a little bit of a messy garden. Like I said, if, if things are all flopping over and they have way too much, obviously you can still like to clean it up and things like that. Just don't take everything right down to the ground. Leave it so that way Mother Nature can do its thing. Give a little protection. Helps hold the moisture in over the over the winter if we get a dry winter. Things like that. So it's really important to... Uh, Procrastinate a little bit at this time of year. Enjoy your garden out there. Um, you can still do some weeding, turning over. Now is a really good time to uh, amend your soil. Like get in there, turn it over a bit, add a nice two, three inches, four inches of something like that, green it up soil enhancement. Put that over top for winter time. The, the nutrients out of that will soak into the soil over the winter. And next spring, you just turn it over, turn it into the soil, add a little bit more, and you're going to have really, really nice soil um, going into the 2021 season, which uh, hopefully it's a little bit normal. But for gardeners, actually, it was even you got to be a positive on the old COVID thing. For gardeners, it was good. We all got to spend lots of time out in the garden, and uh, we hopefully everyone learned a lot. And uh, 
we we got to do some of those jobs that maybe you procrastinated on and you got some stuff done and spent some family time out in the garden, things like that. So try and find some positives out of this whole uh, pandemic thing. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to, I think it's Marjorie. Hi, Marjorie. Or is it Marjorie? It's Marguerite. Okay. Sorry, I didn't see the T on the end. Sorry about that. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I just went out and picked some tomatoes. Aren't they good? Did you eat one? uh, Not yet, because the little one, the the sort of medium-sized one, has a a dark spot on the bottom. And when I cut it through, it, it doesn't seem to go beyond that dark spot, but... I seem to recall you talking yeah, about Yeah, it's a blossom end rot. In some of your medium, like you'll get it on some of the medium and bigger tomatoes. Your little cherry tomatoes tend not to get it. Right. Um, and it's just, it's a lack of calcium. So what I'd recommend is just ensure that you, if you're going to grow the bigger tomatoes, is is get a proper tomato food with a calcium supplement that is in it. Okay. And then that really helps with the, with the tomatoes. And, and Or we have a blossom end rot uh, supplement that you can add to your, to the, your watered in. It's in a yellow, uh, I can't remember the name, it has a big picture of a rotten tomato on the front of it, so it's hard to miss. So, <laughs> so okay. but yeah, that's the main thing. And, and, and a little bit of inconsistent watering. So this, and as tomatoes grow, like this time of year, they're so root bound, right? They tend to, they're very heavy, they're vegetative. They grow lots of roots and lots, so they need that steady watering, like just, it's almost every day, like especially in that heat like we had, like every single day, just because otherwise it, uh, they run kind of dry and they get that inconsistent and then you'll get tomato splitting and things like that as well. Okay. All right. Alrighty. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Marguerite. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at? We're going to go to Val. Good morning, Val. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I have three cedars that should have been trimmed in the spring and mm-hmm. weren't, but can I trim them in the fall? Um, yes, you can. Are you just looking to just thin them out a little bit, or? Um, no, I no, just trim them. Uh, the outside branches. Yeah, no, right now, you can do that right now. That's fine. Okay, do, I don't have to wait until I have a frost. No, no, you're oh. totally fine. Cedars will be okay. Just don't go in too deep because then it's going to keep it open um, all the way through the winter. So if you're just okay, trimming so the outsides a bit, you're fine. Okay, that's my question. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks, Val. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, I got a couple of texts I'm going to go through. And where are we at? Oh, I got, uh, oh, Dwight sent me a picture. He has uh, three uh, 10-gallon, or actually those are, uh, yeah, five-gallon pails full of golden delicious apples. Man, those look good. Great time. And I I believe I've tried contacting the harvest.ca website or in the group here in Calgary, and they haven't got back to me. Um, regarding, but it looks like it's up and running where you can register your tree if you want to uh, donate all the fruit off it. They'll send up guys that'll come pick it, and some of that will go to the food bank. There's also a couple of the cider companies that uh, will take all the fruit if you pick it and drop it off for them, which is kind of nice. Um, you can say, hey, I contributed some of that cider, and I, I think you get some cider credits 
as well when you do that. So you can, uh, after they go through the process, you can pick up some uh, some cider. All right, where are we at for time? I got a bit of time. I'm going to go to Les. Good morning, Les. Good morning, Merle. How can I help I, you? I sent a picture to spruce it up earlier this week. Uh, we, in our community garden, somebody donated some plants, and they're growing like weeds. It's a, a green, bushy uh, plant, and it's got um, little blue flowers on it. Um, I can't are, you, are you able to send the picture to the same phone number I, you just phoned? Can you text it to me? Uh, not right at the. I can pull over and do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's it's hard because um, if I'm just saying little blue flowers, bigger leaves, it could okay. be like a brunaria. Like they get. Uh, does it sort of have variegated leaves or is it totally green? Uh, no, they're quite a dark green and they're um, almost maple uh, maplish in shape. Okay. Like a maple leaf. Yeah, it could be a type of delphinium because they're blooming really blue right now. I know we got some in at the store. Um, so sort of a dwarf variety of delphiniums as well. Well, these puppies are about, uh, oh, I'd say they're about two feet tall. Okay. And they're they're really bushy. Like, Well, they're almost as wide as they are high. And uh, we were told they were a herb. But, okay. uh, so they they moved. They could be like a lavender or something like that as well. So yeah, send me a picture and uh, I'll answer it on air there for you, or I'll reply okay, back I to the text. Okay, and I have one other little quick question. Sure. Uh, she, Rose of Sharon. Yeah. Um, they don't do very well out here, do they? Well, they're an annual for the most part. Yes. Oh. So they do well, great as an annual. You put them in. They can. They make a great centerpiece in like a, in a container pot. Nice warm spot. Um, they will do really quite well, but we treat them more of a, as an annual here. Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, well, my brother's coming from the coast, and they have one that's like mega large. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so they're they're trying to bring me a, a root piece because they sent some. Yeah, yeah we we we, it, we sell them work. in the in at the store, but we sell them as an annual. So. So some uh, of those okay. things like, like bougainvilleas, the canna lilies, things like that, yeah. um, we, we just we treat them like Japanese maples, things like that. We sell them as annuals. So, alrighty. Okay. Thanks, Les. Uh, that's what I thought, but okay, and I'll send you that picture right away. Thanks, sir. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Okay. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break, but if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and... Where am I going to go? I'm going to go. I just I got a picture of uh, something that just came up. It looks like a big big hunk of fungus or something on there. So I'm just trying to... And typically when you get that, it's in... Oh, I see it's in the soil. He has a picture further away. I see it. And what it is, it's just... There's probably in the soil, there was a... Like some... In the bark mulch, there was a spores and things like that. So typically... Um, if you've watered or something, it just activates those spores and those things grow, just grow. So just, just pick that up, just scoop it up, 
<laughs> it looks like vomit. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, and just pitch it into the compost bin or in or whatever, and then that'll be fine. So I would just uh, just scoop it up. And if you dig down a little bit, there you might find even the the bit of compost or the thing where it's growing from, because it's typically in one area. So it's after a rain or if you've watered a bit more recently, um, it just uh, seems to activate it, and then away it goes. So, all right, I'm gonna go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Hi there. Hi. How can I help you? Um, I want, I'm trying to grow winter squash as well as zucchini. Okay. Um, but the winter squash, they are um, they're they're doing well, but they're not by any means I would say ready. And I wanted to know if you have any hints. This is my first year to really seriously grow them and. Do you have, uh, is there fruit on them now? Have they bloomed? and yes. Okay. Yes. But should I, there's still lots of flowers. Should I take those yeah, off? Yeah, I would. So so when you feel down where the flowers are, you'll see the ones that have a little bit of a bump on them. Right. And those are the ones that are going to give you the fruit and the other ones will fertilize. Or, mm-hmm. or uh, So what you need to do is, I would pull, if you're, if you're happy with the fruit they have on there, the amount, because we yes. are getting close to the end. I would take most of the other blooms off okay, and put all the energy towards that. Um, We have these little hoop houses um, that they're sort of like a big, you know, when you play croquet, you have those little, the little hoops. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so we have these kits. Um, so they're like mini little mini greenhouses. They're about, I think, they're two feet high. And you just stick them in the ground, and then it has the poly over top. And that helps extend the season for a lot of these. Or you can use, we have the white um, frost blanket as well. Yeah, I've got uh, got quite a bit of that, and I was thinking of putting it on there. Absolutely. It today. makes a big difference, yep. Do you leave it on all day, though, and all night, or do you remove it during the on day? On the warmer days, I remove it because those... Okay. That way you're getting all the UV into that, and those big leaves and that on the squash work work like big solar panels, right? So they're taking all that energy in. So, okay. But definitely over, overnight, like even like at sort of 6 o'clock at night when it starts cooling off, cover them up, keep the heat in there. It'll make a big difference. Okay. Um, also, do you pinch them back, the plants back? Yes, if they're continuing to grow, like if the vine's continuing, you can you can remove a bunch of the excess foliage as well. Like if there's old leaves that aren't looking good, remove all that kind of stuff. So that way it's not wasting its energy trying to revive those old leaves. Okay, and how close <clears throat> fruit can I cut the vines back? I, 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 it dawned on me only last week that probably I should have been cutting them back or pinching them back earlier. Mm-hmm. they're just all over the place they're huge vines but yeah. which which is means there's lots of good nutrients in your soil which is good yeah but you can i'd go like six eight inches above the fruit sort of thing and then and then just keep them maintained at that okay okay all right yes thank let, you very much all right let us know how that goes okay gene all right thank you thank you so much bye-bye Bye. hopefully she'll get enough to make a, a bowl or two of uh of uh, winter squash soup or something, hopefully. Let's go to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? Well, I have um, a couple of rainbows. Rain, I've been told they're rainbow spruce in my backyard. I inherited them when I purchased this house. 
Um, and there's lots of dead branches on these two trees. They're very pretty triangle, triangle-shaped trees, but lots of dead branches. And I don't. Over the summer, nothing has changed. I don't know if I should cut them down, or is there something I can do to bring them back to life? Okay, rainbow spruce. They're also the dwarf Alberta spruce. So they're little tiny needles, really bright green. Yep. Yeah, it, they've had a really tough go. Like their marginal hardiness here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why they gave them the name the Dwarf Alberta Spruce because they're not very hardy here in Alberta. Um, I've seen them live, but they need to be in a shelter. Like they're one step hardier than a cedar. So, um, so what I would do is just clean out any of the dead needles. Um, ensure that you water them in well, and then sort of at the end of September, you can spray them with a product called Wilt Proof. Wilt Proof? Yeah, it's like a lip balm for your tender evergreens, like for cedars, dwarf Alberta spruce, cowrie boxwoods, things like that. So what it does, it just seals it in. So if we get that dry winter, it holds all the moisture into the foliage. So okay. it works very much like a, like a, like I said, like a, with a lip balm for, for plants. So. so if I cut out all the dead branches, it's going to look pretty sparse. Is it? Yeah. Um, you could leave them. Some of that might come back, but is it, if you if you break them and they're real brittle, I've seen them come back on them a bit, but you could also train it a bit so it looks like a bit like a bonsai too. I've done that a couple times. Depends where the where the dead branch are. You know what I mean? If you kind of if you if you cut creatively, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's well, hard I'll... when you get a, a bunch of dead in the middle and without totally seeing it. Sometimes you'll see it recover, but evergreens don't. If they've lost a bunch of needles and that, they're real slow to recover. So it's something that just doesn't happen overnight, sort of thing. Yeah. Like next spring, you won't see it just all of a sudden just fully needle out again. So. Yeah. Like the is it common? Do they have a long? Uh, their stem, like the main part of the tree, there's probably easily two feet with nothing, no branches or nothing from the ground up. Is that normal? Um, Not really. Typically, if someone was probably trimmed earlier on in life to create that, like a bit of a topiary type thing. Yeah, because it's it's totally bare. Yeah. Two feet on the the main. Yeah. And how tall is it in total? It's probably about seven feet total. Wow. Huh. I'd be surprised if, if it, 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 maybe if it is a a dwarf Alberta. That's amazing that it's that big, though. Holy cow. Like, I've never, I've tallest one I've seen is sort of like six feet. Like, there's always a fence. Um, well, maybe it's six feet. I yeah. Measure. Yeah. No, I was just, because that, if it's missing the bottoms two feet, you probably, it was probably trimmed up at one time to put stuff underneath it, maybe. Maybe the person before or. or... Yeah, there's nothing underneath it. Yeah. It's just a bunch of dead needles. Yeah. So, like I said, if you can get creative with your pruning to yeah. sort of be Edward Scissorhands and uh, tidy oh. it up, or, or you might just have to look at replacing it with something else. Yeah. Okay. Um, How much of it is dead, would you say? Oh, easily half. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. So prune out all the dead stuff sort of thing and see what it looks like and then make your decision from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Can I ask another question? Sure. One more quick one. Okay. I have two Schubert cherry trees. Yep. And they're really spindly. Like there's yep. 
a foot, two feet, easily three feet in some some branches where there's absolutely no leaves. Yeah, they they're they've decimated with that black knot, so they're probably struggling. Like, do you have? Is there any gross on the branches that look like big burnt marshmallows? Uh, not that I can see. Okay. Well, you're lucky then because typically the the Schubert's get that. And for some reason, they get spindly. They're a heavy feeding tree, so just ensure you're, like right now, give it a really good watering, uh, even with all this rain, and then give it a really good fertilizer, like even just like a 20-20-20. Or if it sounds like some of your trees and shrubs in the yard maybe need a bit more loving, um, our pruned up department comes up. We do deep root injections um, okay. into that. We fertilize the trees and shrubs right now, and okay. we're just starting that. We just started that this week, so... Yeah, I think I think the trees need it because, uh, like I said, I just purchased this home, so I yeah, it's probably time to yeah ramp it up a bit. Probably been neglected a bit. So what I would do is uh, yeah, give Mark a call down at the prune it up at the garden center, and he can set up a time and come out and give your trees an evaluation, and then also set you up on his feeding program. Okay, sounds excellent. All right, thank Bye. you so much. Okay, bye-bye. bye Bye, Gloria. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, um, I was told that this weed in my lawn is bird's foot trefoil. It's very invasive. It's uh, got a tiny yellow flower. Yeah. And you see it in every little crack along the sidewalk, etc. Yeah, it loves it where it's really dry and, and, and hot sort of thing. But like, we've had a, a lot of rain. This yeah, is but in it, red deer. yeah, in those areas, though, it, um, it it gets it a bit more. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's because it's real hot right by the sidewalk and things like that. Right. But I have it in my, it's coming into my lawn. And I've been told yep. that. It's um, very invasive, actually. I know. And I've treated it three times with. with um, Killex? Killex. And it, it likes it. <laughs> <laughs> it try and do it like it's going to warm up this week and just try to do it when it's a little bit warmer out um right. i've had that in my lawn before and it typically grows in the sidewalk cracks and things like that uh-huh. and but if you're watering your grass and you have a nice healthy grass it seems to choke it out of the grass because um, I, I very rarely get it in my grass i've i've had it more in the in the side right beside the driveway and things like that so Right. Well, I have a, a utility right away beside me and a park behind me, oh, okay, and it's in yeah. there. And and it's uh, but I see it all over. Yeah. Know, other people's lawns, etc. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, I I just typically like I said, if you're if if you really healthy lawn, it'll choke it out. And I've had Killex work on it, so that's all I can really say is try the Killex. Okay. And uh, maybe just be a. Just don't mix it any stronger, though, and I get a lot of people, well, maybe if I mix it stronger, it'll be better. That ends up burning your grass. So just mix it the regular way. And, well, I do it with the hose, uh, with the uh, container on the yeah, end of the hose. Just do a bit more of a spot spray, um, if you can, like just right. in the areas where that, where that just where that weed is. Yes, I did that. Okay. And, and what would you suggest for the mix? Um, Killex. 
No, and, but the the amount. Oh, I I don't know the exact. It, it'll say on the bottle of concentrate that you buy, or if you buy ready to use, you can just spray it right out of the bottle. It says five. Five mils per liter. Yes. Yes. So I opted by doing seven. Okay, which isn't too bad. That's fine. You just okay. don't want to mix. Don't go any higher because you'll end up burning your grass. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. And another thing I'd probably recommend is if you're not using our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer, um, you could use that. That'll help choke it up. And if Les is listening, the plant, I did figure it out, it is a borage. Um, it is a type of, of uh, herb. So there you go. Hopefully that helps you out. And I'll, I'll type you, I'll reply to your text with your picture. But it, uh, if you're listening, it's borage, B-O-R-A-G-E, and and uh, where are we at there? We better take a break, eh? All right, we're going to take a quick break for a couple of commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, we have some spots open on the phone lines. You can call in at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I got... To go, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go to a couple uh, texts. It says hi, Merle. I have a patch of raspberries. West exposure. It seems that every year, only a small portion of them create fruit, and the West come too late and produce. As in the picture, I clean out old canes each spring, and there are likely new ones. I'm wondering if these will produce next year. They bloomed late and produce fruit now. Um, yes, they should. Um, Sharon, yeah, you're just starting to get a bunch of your fruit. Looks like you're getting lots of. Uh, Lots of fruit here, but late, which is uh, a little bit unusual, unfortunately. Um, I'm just hoping you get enough light onto those, but it looks like you're getting lots of light, lots of growth. Um, you might just want to change, maybe add a little bit of fertilizer. Go to like a 15, 30, 15. Um, I'm not sure what you're using if, if, if you are fertilizing, but um, it looks like you're getting lots and lots of growth up top, which is great, but I would... Um, Look at adding a bit of the 15-30-15, try and get some uh, phosphate into it. And right now I'm going to go to Heather. Good morning, Heather. Hey, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Well, I'm so excited, actually, because you've answered a few questions already for me, one about roses and another one around keeping to water things. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the, you know, because I will say, as I've been listening, most people sound like they really know what they're doing, and I do not and I tend to kill things but I do love plants well, and then plants are actually and I think sometimes people get them too get too complicated with it to be honest like um, really they need food water <laughs> like I have sort of three things in my arsenal like I have my 20 20 20 fertilizer and 15 30 15 and I have pure spray green for bugs and then a good nozzle like and and really like a lot of times that's what you need right and obviously you can add some do some different things but Sometimes if you get too complicated, it ends up the plants like, what are you doing to me? You're doing something to me different every week. And <laughs> just <laughs> let me grow. Yeah. Well, so. and that's, I mean, that's the essence of my question because I have a, a place um, in the mountains and I just always marvel at how things just seem to grow. And the lupins, for example, Absolutely. this time of year, it's just fantastic to see those seed pods. Like they literally do explode yeah. and those seeds take flight. And I've harvested quite a few of those seeds. I want to bring them back to my home in Calgary yep. 
to plant in the garden there. But my question today is about the beautiful wild daisies that grow here. And, you know, the locals tell me, oh, no, they're just a weed. But some people even say you need to get rid of them. Yeah, there if they're the weed. white ones with the real ferny yeah. leaf, yeah, that's chamomile. Um, it's a very invasive, noxious weed. Um, so a lot of farmers, they spend a lot of money and time trying to get rid of those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they so are... They are quite I have, invasive. I have some of those, and I have some that actually does look like a true... Like a Shasta daisy? daisy? Yeah, and they're just beautiful. And I'm wondering, how do I collect the seeds from those? Because some of them look like, you know, the flower is spent, yeah. and the yellow round so you center. Just, yeah, what you do I do? Pull all those off yeah, and let them dry, and then you just... Some of them are a lot harder to process, right? You sort of have to dig through them and then break off, and then you'll find the little seeds inside the seed pods. There could be a, a couple protective layers once you get into oh, the seed. Okay. And then you just have to just get some tweezers, something like that, something to separate everything, put them in a, into like a Tupperware or a cool, dark place. Uh, perennials, typically like those, you'll, you'll want to try and germinate them in February, March next year. Okay. This is sounding complicated. You mean I can't just go and throw them into my garden? Yeah, you could try that. Um, Chances are they won't because like a lot of those perennials, they need to go through a a germination period and transplant. And and if they're not native to our area, and typically a lot of times the birds will eat them or get to a thing, like they won't get to that point. Okay. But you can you can definitely give it a try if you want to just try some of the wild. there's lots of great wild mixes. Don't buy the real cheap stuff from the dollar store and stuff like that because you get a lot of invasive species in right. some of those. But I agree. Like some of those Shasta daisies, and there's real tall ones, and there's nice short ones that stay about 18 inches high yeah, that are just yeah. beautiful, beautiful they really, white. They really are, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. all right. Yeah, good luck. And, and trying well, to collect right. seeds is is it, it's a process. But it's a, it takes a lot of patience, and then you just have to make sure on your timing and things like that on different types of plants. Okay, well, I'll check back later, and hopefully right. I haven't killed everything. Sounds good. <laughs> have a good day. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, people getting into it. And also, got a couple of texts here. Um, how do I avoid this on my elm tree next year? A lot of elms, they get the aphids on the end, and they just love it. It's almost when we get all the new growth just coming out, they need to get sprayed at that time or hosed down. And it's hard because obviously when you get the, some of the big elms get really quite tall. Um, the other thing is to ensure that you're feeding them really quite well and, and good hydration on the big elms. There's so many. I bet you 50% of the elms in Calgary are suffering and they're suffering. I sound like one of those commercials on Sunday morning for those poor kids or something, but <laughs> your elms are suffering. And uh, I'm not an evangelist. I'm just a, a tree guy. So um, so your trees are suffering, and they just need water. And and so even a lot of times you'll see on the boulevards and things like that, um, let's give them a bit more water because, honestly, I would say at least 50% of the elms in Calgary are suffering from um, lack of nutrients, lack of water. And uh, I, I just say we can really try to help them out and especially in your own yards and things of like that, and if you see them on the boulevards, if you get them nice and healthy, they can fend off these bugs a lot more too. So, all right, I better uh, take a break for the news and a couple of commercials you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with Marilyn. Good morning, Marilyn. Good morning. How can I help you? I have violets invading my garden. <laughs> I've been battling with them for a couple of years, and I, I'd like to get rid of them. Um, violets, are they like a blue bellflower type thing? Yeah, and they're very low-growing. Yeah, it's probably creeping bellflower. Okay. Um, yeah, they're very invasive. They're yeah. a nasty little weed. And, uh, yeah. Um, the best thing I guess you can try to do is, um, create an, is it, is it growing into your grass and that as well or? Um, no, not it's, into the grass or just in the flower beds. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can physically dig them out. I've uh, tried that. <laughs> yeah. And this when they're smaller, you can use Killex. Okay. Um, and that works. And in a garden, what I recommend is put a pipe or something over top of them, like a, a four-inch diameter pipe or something. Put the plant in and spray the, the weed killer down into that. And, oh, uh, I see. Okay. Or, or just get really close to it, just so just so you're not overspraying onto anything I else. Right. Yeah. Okay. And next week, it's supposed to heat up again. Um, so that those would be great. Like on Wednesday, it's supposed to be like 25. Right. Okay. So I would go um, Wednesday morning, give it a good spray, right. and uh, oh. and let that stuff do its thing, and hopefully that will help. Okay. So basically, every little every plant. I mean, yeah. To, no. Unfortunately, yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. very invasive, and and the best thing too is is if you can cut the flowers off because that's where the seeds are. Right. Okay. And and they're like I said, they they're very invasive. So yeah. uh, different than. Um, the caller a few few callers ago asking about some of the daisies and the Shasta daisies to grow. They don't they don't propagate quite as easily as uh, the creeping bellflower. So good. Okay, thank you very much. I'll give that a whirl. All right. Good luck. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Let's go to Eleanor. Good morning, Eleanor. Good morning, morning, Merle. First time caller. Enjoy your show. Thank you so much for calling in, and thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Yes, I have a, an ornamental fruit tree in the backyard. Yep. It is south-facing, and it has a pink bloom in the spring. And it has been struggling for the last probably four or five years in the sense that it starts to shrivel up and branches get brown and, and die. So we've been cutting them off, cutting them off. It's kind of got quite small now. However, saying this year, it's got some great... Um, branches that have grown new spurts of yeah so what what i'm gonna think has happened is this winter desiccation over the last couple winters it's been really hard on a lot of fruit trees actually i was on i was at a big site up in royal oak um this past week and they had a bunch of the ornamental crabs and there was lots of of winter kill this desiccation and they're just struggling um so typically what i would recommend is is try and ensure they get some good slow deep watering and a good pruning. Like to have to get somebody in there to to look through it and and remove a bunch of the dead wood that's well, in it. We had that done last fall. Okay, and uh, so, it's still shriveling. So I guess my question. My, my only is, other concern is it might have fire blight. Like on the new growth, do you, does it curl over like a like a cane or a hook before it dies or anything like that? Yes. yes okay. Okay, yeah, you got fire blight. So chances are you might have to remove that whole tree. Okay, so that was my next question. If I remove the tree, 
it is suckering quite a bit. I have yeah. a beautiful and, collection uh, of hostas and ligulera under the tree. Okay, and that, that will I happen when a tree is suffering. It'll start growing from its root again as well. So Okay. Um, if we uh, stump it, mm-hmm. can I plant another tree in that same area, or is that fire blight in that uh, area? I, I would stay away from some of those trees that are susceptible. Like the new gladiator crab, it's not new, but it's it doesn't get the fire blight. It's not susceptible to it, and it, it it's a really nice vase shape. Um, has that pink flower is very similar to the one that you're talking about. Okay, uh, but really nice growth of, pattern is is a really nice one. So okay, I was kind of tending to an amber maple. Yep, uh, absolutely. Would, could it be planted in the same spot? Again, um, you, even if you grind the stump, though, depending how old is the tree? Oh, it's been here since we've moved here. Okay, so like a long time. Yeah, um, you need to do a root removal. So that's. Like if you want it like right in within that one or two feet of the existing tree, because yeah. even grinding the stump only goes down six, eight inches. Okay. And to to plant another tree in that spot, you you just need to and that's typically in the five, six hundred dollar range, typically for someone to come in and do a root removal. Okay. Um, on top of the tree and planting. It's just it's a lot of work. It's just getting in it's just it, especially if you have other plants around it. Mm-hmm. It um it's it's just it is a lot of work so it's um okay. but that's the only way um we can plant it in the same spot you can go like three or four feet away typically you'd be all right but okay. like I said in that spot you'll have to do uh and we do okay. do that so like I could do three or four feet away and that would be okay yep yep okay yep. super um I also wanted to transplant a peony mm-hmm. is now a good time to do it. Um, it is. You just got to make sure it stays at the real close to the exact same level. So get a big chunk of soil. So even okay. in this cool weather, it's perfect. Um, okay. This is great transplanting weather for your perennials. Um, do, I, do I transplant the whole big greenery yeah. or do I chop it down? Um, I would leave all the greenery on top and just get as much root as you can. They're not. They don't have a big fibrous roots. Um, anyways, they're more of a bulb. And they're more of a tuber. So just make sure you get a good big chunk. Like go all the way around it with a shovel, lift it up in a big ball. And are you just moving it in the same yard or somewhere else? Yes. Yeah. Just it's under uh, in a corner and it's not doing well. Okay. You need to get more sun on it. Yeah. Find a nice sunny spot for it and pre-dig the hole ahead of time. Like before you dig up the plant and then slide it over there and then, and then that'll work out perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Just to let you know, I've used your Green It Up lawn fertilizer this year. Yeah. For the first time, and I've had people comment on my lawn. It is wonderfully green and thicker and uh, way few less weeds. Awesome. And you know, hopefully you have to water a little bit less. It, it, it does work, and so I appreciate your comments, and uh, I always love hearing that, and uh, that's good. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Good to hear that the old green up lawn fertilizer, and it does work. Like I said, I look out, I see mine, and and a couple of the neighbors beside me, they don't have it. And actually, I dropped a couple of bags off for one of them, and this, he's been struggling. He said he said he spent three hundred bucks on his water bill last week or last month trying to keep it green. And I just he goes, "Well, my lawn, my fertilizer, my lawn maintenance guy fertilized it." I just said with the wrong stuff. So give him a couple of bags. We'll see. Hopefully, it'll. Uh, It'll green up, but then I won't be able to take those comparison photos anymore of mine greener grass on the other side of the fence. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't do that to him. That's not nice.
All right, let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, we've got a couple cedars in pots at the end of our deck, kind of as a privacy yep. thing. Yep. And I just heard you talking about a bomb that you put on. Yes, um, wilt-proof. It's, sorry, it's called? Wilt-proof. W- wilt-proof, okay. Yep, W-I-L-T-P-R-U-F. And right. it's an anti-desiccant for, for tender evergreens. Okay. And it, it works really well. A lot of people use it for flower arranging as well. Like if you do those winter arrangements in pots or wreaths or like at Christmas time or whatever, you could spray it on there as well. But it works really, really good on like cedars like that if you want to try and keep them going on your on your deck and stuff. Um, just giving them a good soak. And I'd wait till close to the end of September. Give okay. them a good spraying down with that and, and water in the pots really well. Yep. And uh, and yeah, and try and if you can shade the pots a bit so they don't so the soil doesn't dry out, there's a chance you can maybe uh, keep those nicer for one more season, or or at least keep them nice over the winter. Okay, um, should I wrap them too with no, wrap? no, no way, no. That's um, what that does is in when when people see that um, done typically it's done in in eastern ontario and places where they get the heavy snows and it's done to protect them and also from pollution like from said roads and things like that um so in in here what you do is if you if you wrap them like that you almost create an oven and it'll bake them because we get that minus 20 to plus 20 and inside that blanket it'll just almost cook it so yeah so it's just just leave them enjoy them in the pots, and uh, and that'll look good. And and so we've done this. This is a couple times around. They usually last about two seasons. Is that because of the pot? They want they want to grow the pot. Yeah, and and they just absolutely. And this in the last couple of years have been tough on stuff too, right? It's been really dry fall, right, like right up until Christmas. And then if you're not watering them throughout the winter as well. Um, they tend to they'll just desiccate and they run out of of nutrients in those in the pots as well. But if you're getting a couple seasons out of it, if you're if you're getting a cedar, if you spend fifty sixty bucks on them, that's not bad. So yeah, I spent fifty for the two of them. So yeah, that's good. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, good luck. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah, no, I always tell people that like even with the Japanese maples or some of the palms that you see that you put on your deck. Um, you spend 50, 60 bucks, but you get all summer to sit there and enjoy that because um, you can go for dinner once and you'll spend 120 bucks. So, and the, it's come and gone. So, this you get to uh, enjoy it all summer long on your patio and create that nice little uh, ambiance and good karma on your deck, which is nice. And uh, you can make your own steak once in a while and then makes up for the, the savings. So, it's a win win for everybody. Let's. Actually, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, answer a few texts during the break. And when we return, we'll talk a little bit more garden here on News Talk 770. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I got a text here that says, Morning, my raspberry did poorly this year. Got three to four berries. Yeah, that's not very good. The stalks are five to six feet tall, but last year snow came early and broke some of the stems four to six inches from the ground. My question is, how far do I cut them? I If this is all new growth, I would just leave all of them um, for next season because that's where you're going to get your, your fruit is on this year's wood. 
and because then it'll be uh, uh, one-year-old wood next year. So you'll see a, a lot of raspberries next season. So just leave all these. Um, and then the following year, you'll get a bunch of new growth next spring. And then you'll cut out these ones next next fall or next spring. All right, yeah, the following spring because then you'll see there'll be two different colors. You'll have a gray and a brown. And then you remove the older looking one. So, so, so you want to leave one-year-old wood is typically where you're going to get a lot of your fruit on there. If that, hopefully that wasn't too confusing. It sounded confusing to me, so hopefully it wasn't. <laughs> Confusing myself today. That's never good. It must be the rain. And uh, I'm going to go to Larry. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, I had a question about uh, soilless versus uh, a soil mixture. Um, Yes, sir. The big yellow bag, uh, they have a completely soilless mixture, which I believe is their most expensive, and also a, a mixture of soil. I build a raised bed that's uh, 10 by 4 by 15 inches deep. Now, which would be the best to use for... What do you I plan on growing? Soilless is just for uh, window boxes or... Yeah, more so. What are you, you going to grow in it? Uh, a variety of vegetables, lettuce, uh, uh, garlic... Uh, it's just normal. Yeah, if you're if you're going to do some more of the root crops, I would stick. I would do more of the garden mix. It, it, yeah, not the soilless mix. Okay, the, the actual yeah. soil mix. Yeah, and and I find that'll be a little bit better for sometimes in the in the soilless mix, the roots crops tend to get the soil heats up too much. Okay, and that bolts them up a bit. Um, oh, but it right. works really good, like for lettuce and Swiss chard and some of that other stuff. Okay. Um. But, and it works really good, like, for tomatoes, like, the soilless mix, I find, is better. Okay. Um, what would it be like to, like, buy a bag of each and mix the whole thing together? Would that work or no? Um, I, you, you you definitely could. Um, I do that quite a bit. Like, in, in my beds, I'll just add... Um, a soilless mix to it and then and then stir it up yeah um because we also like at the store we have a bulk garden mix that is a mix of compost soil right. and and a couple of manures and then we have the green it up soil enhancer which is a, a blend of of manure that's been aged with with shavings and stuff okay so um, so it's similar things, um, but they have a pretty good description as well in their bags. Um, like the big yellow bag is a brand, yeah. and then they fill it with a bunch of different components, and depending on what they're what they're going to use it for. Right. So they even use it like I think they even use it for bark mulch and gravel and different things as well. So it's okay, yeah. so it's uh, yeah. So just make sure you're ordering the the correct one from them. Okay. And uh, and you should be good to go. Okay, thank you very much. Hopefully that helped. Oh, thank one, you, Larry. One other question. Sure. Um, is it too late to uh, trim the uh, the growth off of a, a hedge, your cotton ester? No, your cotone asters? No, yeah. you can definitely do that. And while you're at it, it's a good time to dig in and clean out any of the deadwood and stuff like that. And hopefully if you've had any of the scale okay. that has been decimating a lot of our cotone asters this year, it's a good time. And if, if, you, if you're... If you're above the 50% or 30 to 40, 50% death in it, yeah, I would take it right down to the ground and just rejuvenate it. Okay, no, ours is, is quite good. Awesome. There's a couple little spots, good. but nothing. Very... Yeah, just prune those out okay. and uh, and then trim it up. And uh, and just try to trim the top narrower than the bottom. And it's sometimes hard to do. A lot of times when people trim, oh, okay. we yeah, go right. from the top 
down yeah. and kind of go narrower towards the root. Try and go yeah. the opposite way because that way you'll get sun all the way down to your ketoniasters to the bottom half, and they'll stay a lot healthier looking. Okay. It should take the, take the trash and stuff out of, like, the bottom. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. Clean it all up. Cleaned up. Okay, thank you. All right, take care. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. You good. Want... I'm... I'm um... The city of Calgary has to remove some of my poplars that are the boulevard trees. Yep. And um, they're supposed to go this year. And I'm on a kind of busy street. Um, and so I'm looking. They've given me a choice on what I can actually... Oh, nice. Um, yeah. It, well, I think it is. Because the poplars um, just are... Can I say are kind of a garbage tree? Well, absolutely. And, no. Uh, well, they were overused... And and in certain areas, they only have a certain lifespan as well, and especially when they're growing as boulevard trees, like they end up lifting up the concrete, they poke through the asphalt, like they're they're quite a nasty tree. As a shelter built on a farm or something like that, they're awesome, where they can just grow and grow and grow and stay healthy. But when they get in those confined areas, they use up all the growing medium, and then they just start busting through whatever else is there. So well, and it's it's through my yard, so. Um, the, the root systems have come right through the yard, and so it, it, they do. They take a lot of the energy away from oh, anything absolutely. else I'm, dry, I'm, I'm trying to grow. So I was, um, because they've given me an option, um, what I really like is the vase-type um, growth. Yeah. And so I was leaning towards an ash, but I don't know if that's uh, a good choice. Um, what, do, they, do they give you a choice? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. What is the so you oh, get to pick okay, whatever yeah. tree? Yeah. Did well, they give they, you a list? They said that there's pretty much anything that I would I would want. Um, they would plant it, and there's two trees that have to be removed, and they're going to plant two. Uh, two. Um, yeah. If replant. you want the nice vase shape, like if you want green leaves, I would go, um, like even like a hawthorn or or some of the the ornamental crabs, like the starlight, is really nice. You get nice white blooms, but they're not a messy ornamental crab. They're like just tiny, tiny little berries, but they make great front yard trees. And if you let, if you don't mind the purple leaves with the pink flowers, um, the gladiator is probably one of my favorite ones. It's awesome. So Okay, so I can, I can go that direction. I was thinking hawthorn also, but uh, I planted a hawthorn in my yard, and it didn't, it didn't live. Yeah, so- <laughs> they're usually quite good. Another one is the ivory silk lilac is a really nice um, vase shape where you get really nice blooms, and, and it's a great front yard tree as well. How large would the... I'm looking because I have a park uh, opposite yeah. to create a little bit of privacy in the summer for me. Yeah. Um, so- yeah they, get, they get tall. Like they're going to get in that 15 feet sort of oh, thing. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I have another question, if I, you don't mind. I'm just going to put you on hold, though. i got to take a break for okay, the news. Thanks. All right. All right, I'm just going to take a quick break here on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go back to Barbara for question number two. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Hey. Um, I have a, uh, I removed a cottonwood last year. Yep. Uh, had the root ground out. Mm-hmm. And now it's doing everything it can to come back again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. They're very, um, they don't like to die. <laughs> they're very, <laughs> they're very encouraged to stay with you. Um, yeah, because, well, their roots, 
you got to remember, like, pot, pot, plop, uh, poplars, cottonwoods, aspens that we see in our natural forest areas are clone trees, right? So they, they send out the roots, and then they send up other trees from their roots. So this fall, you'll notice if you go out and if you're out in the country at all, you'll see in the aspens on the hills, they'll change color at different times, little pods. So that's each little family changes color at different times. So um, so what you've done is when you take the root out like that or the main trunk and the, all the roots are left, so all that energy that used to go into the tree goes into sending out a whole bunch of new family members. So, And so you can see actually where the root is yeah. because it just, it just carries on down. Yeah. So is there any, um, I know you were mentioning about doing a root kill or whatever, but I'm not terribly. It's, it's just, the only way to yeah. You could get the root grinder, the and we we do that with our product, but it is an extra. Um, obviously, if you want all the roots done, they just follow the roots and they keep grinding them, um, or you you just dig them out. Like there's not really any other way. We do have a root rot, but to get all the way into the root system, it it just doesn't get like those. Are, they become their own little living organisms as they separate further and further away from the tree. They don't die off. So they will not, is, your, is what you're saying. So I can cut them off with a lawnmower, but I'm going to continue to do that Absolutely. For, for my life. For a long time. And then you'll start getting <laughs> mushrooms in that in there. If, if some of the old wood starts decomposing underground, um, that's where you'll get mushroom areas and things like that as well because you create a good environment for that decomposing I, poplar root. Now, I can't use something like Killex or anything like no, that. Well, you can. Um and it'll work, but it's going to keep coming because they're pretty determined. Like, for the amount of kill X to get in there to kill that whole root, like, it takes a lot to kill a poplar or a cottonwood. Like, they just, they're built to to battle. <laughs> yeah, well, and 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 the, it was just horrible because in June it was, like, snowing in the backyard. It was yeah. or It was, so I thought, no, no, it has to go. So, um, but I, I do want to plant something in its place. So, and, um... And it, it, I guess in some ways it depends how many of it might be just a time to to maybe just rejuvenate the yard maybe a bit maybe get a, a guy in a landscape um, and we do this quite a bit is some of it on older yards like that where there's just go in with a bobcat we just remove all the roots put nice fresh soil in um, fresh sod redo the beds. Um, not that it's same, but it, sometimes you end up battling it over and over and over. And if you wait two or three years, you're saying, ah, I wish I would have just done it. So you might be at that point too, depending on how many roots you got and if you're going to get those new trees. So it might be time just to maybe spruce up the yard a bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No kidding. I, it, it's hard like because you end up battling it over and over. And it, it, it's one of those things, right? So if you just um, bite the bullet a bit and maybe... Um, just get a bobcat in there, and they dig all the roots out, remove it all, bring in some fresh loam, new sod, and then you're just done, and, and it's not crazy. Merle, I'm just, I'd just i like to know who plants a cottonwood in the middle of their backyard. Never mind. No, does, I, I don't even sell them anymore. Like, I don't even sell poplars. I don't even, like, I don't bring in the tower poplars, so I know, like, even, like, the Costco's and that. So you got to really watch, because um, they're a cheaper tree, right? Yeah. So... Costco, when they sell them, they sell them as call them their aspens, and people don't know the difference. And they sell and they sell the tower poplars. So, and when you plant those in your yard, that's where you end up getting all the suckers everywhere. They go crazy, and so I don't bring those in. I don't sell birch, unfortunately. I sell a couple of varieties just because the birch. I don't sell 
um, Schubert choke cherries because of the black knot. Because um, there's some good alternatives, but I really try to set people up for success. I, like honestly, we used to sell 200 Schuberts a month. Like, wow. and I just, I just see what what it was doing though. It was just that black knot was spreading everywhere. And but unfortunately, you'll see developers or new homes will plant them because they can get them cheap right now because there's lots available still in the nurseries. Right. Um, but they're just trees that I'm trying to set people up like for success. Well, for long-term success, right? Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, put a, a cottonwood in your backyard. No, but if you live on an acreage and you want to do a shelter belt, like, it, it's awesome because they have room to grow, they do their thing, and and they're not going to hurt nobody, and they create that nice um, wind block for you. But, yeah. Yeah, okay. All Thank right. You. Thank you very kindly. You're very welcome. Take care now. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right. And where are we at? Let's go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How can I help you? Hydrangea. Yes. When's the best plan, uh, time to transplant? What, what type is it? It's a limelight. Okay. Uh, and how long has it been in there? Unfortunately, it's only been in about four months because, uh, and we found that it's the wrong place. Okay. Do you want to move it to a sunnier spot? Actually, we need to move it in the same area. It's uh, got partial sun late afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to get that one into a little bit of a the sunnier spot you can get it. And, Bill, actually, this weather right now is a great time to do it. Just dig around it, and it should pop right out, no problem. And just uh, just transplant it, water it in well, give it a good shot of 15-30-15 or 10-50-210. And uh, you should be fine. And then discontinue. Make sure you water it right through till freeze up. Okay. Sounds so good. This cool weather is perfect for that kind of thing. Cause, and if you only plant it like, at the beginning of the spring, you should be able to just pull it right out. Yeah. Okay. Just, just loosen it up with a shovel or a pitchfork. Get around it. Try and get as much up so you don't rip it, the roots off. Yeah. And, uh, uh, what I find, too, is the watering it in quite a bit before absolutely. the day before I dig, so it's just easier for the roots to come out. Absolutely, and then it's already hydrated as well, so absolutely. Okay, um, so the leaf, flowers will probably die off, I would no, imagine. Uh, it'll be, it, it's just no different than transplanted from the pot, right? Like we we have them in the pot, fully bloom, so it's, you're, you're not a lot different. It's that thing hasn't broke out of that root ball, so you're, you'll be fine. You should be totally fine. Okay. You probably Another won't quite- even notice it. Actually, I, I transplanted some Leatris, and, yeah. I, and I did some uh, quick-fire hydrangeas last year and pull up no problem and no issues at all. So. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. What about a hibiscus bringing it in for the winter? Yeah, now is a pretty good time, especially on those cool nights. Just really spray it down. Watch for spider mites. They love um, spider mites on those on the underneath the branches up by the new growth and that I always give them a good spray with it just, I kind of lay them on the deck or in the grass and then just hose them down with a little bit of a pressure washer like a little uni nozzle yep um, hose off any of the stuff give them a good shot of pure spray green or something like that and then you can move them in from there because that way you just clean up any aphids or spider mites or thrip or anything that's in those because they they love them because they have so many blooms and they're lush Oh, so, I know. Yeah. So uh, mine got hit by hail uh, in July, and is just starting to recover and getting a lot of new growth. Yep. And I want to bring it in now. What about pruning it back to allow it to get a lot of new growth and fill out more? 
Yeah, absolutely. If it's if you have some long spindly branches, it's a great time to to do that. And uh, like I said, I'm bringing in my lemon tree tonight too. So my lemons just started turning yellow. I got about ten lemons on it, but it loves being outside um, for the winter or for the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's getting brought in uh, tonight. <laughs> what about uh, with trimming it back? Can you trim it back uh, four, six inches all the way around? Absolutely. They don't mind being evened up. Like, you know, if you go to vacation on, in Mexico or Hawaii or wherever, like they treat them like they're like hedges over there, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't mind being pruned and shaped a bit. Um, they like 301010 as the fertilizer they like. Okay. And uh, that keeps them nice and deep green, and uh, you should be good to go. And Sounds- just transplant into a nice, good-sized pot. And uh, with nice soil, and you'll be good to go. Great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm Earl Coombs. I got a quick question here on the text I planted these tall grasses in pots this year to keep the dogs out of them. Can they winter in these pots or come back, or should I transplant them? Typically, they're nice big coral foresters. They look great in those pots, but typically they might survive, but it's a pretty small pot, um, something you'd need quite a large container to grow them in um, to last through the winter. Um, you can leave them in there. And they look as a they look as a real nice uh, fall display in there, um, but I would transplant them into the ground and find a nice spot for them and uh, and put a new crawl forest in there next year. And uh, hopefully that helps you, Crystal. And right now I'm going to go to Peggy. Good morning, Peggy. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fine, thank you. I'm actually calling about my ground juniper. Okay. I would like to be able to eat the berries, but I understand there's a variety that's toxic. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm not a, a total expert on all the different um, um, juniper berries, to be honest. And what type do you think you have? Again, sorry. Um, do you know, I don't know. When I look at the pictures online, it's possible it's a sabin, which is, I understand, yep. toxic. Okay. But, um, and I understand they're common here in Calgary, but yes. this bush uh, was planted by my mother-in-law about um, 40 years ago. So I honestly can't tell you what it is. Yeah. Um, you can try a couple and see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I know they make a lot of uh, the... Maybe uh, you could try them, Merle. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it in gin. And uh, like a good... Uh, there's a great gin out of... It's called Banff, I think. And or. And it's uh, it's made in Banff, and you can really taste. They use juniper berries in it. Man, is it good! So there is some that are very good, but on the on the ones that are not, I I, I wouldn't risk it, I guess. Um, and I'm just trying to pull up um, which ones are and which ones are not. And um, yeah, I probably wouldn't risk it. What do you want to? You just want to add them to a salad or something like that, or? Well, actually, to a sauerkraut. Okay. Yeah, I think I would, what I would do is try and search out, and I know some of the um, more exotic food places, um, you're able to buy the, the juniper berries and things like that. So without knowing the type, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say yes or no. So 
Oh, okay. All right. Um, that's too bad. Yeah, because yeah. I got quite a crop of them. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm just reading on. There's over 40 species that, and a small number are poisonous, but the majority have bitter fruits, and are and a few are edible. But most of them you use for for flavoring, like it's uh, and it, mm-hmm. on this one that I'm reading, it just says contribution to gin. So yeah, okay. all right. Sorry about well, that. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, those are always tough ones. I I can't say they eat something and people always ask sometimes are some of those berries edible like everything's edible i'm not sure how good it's going to taste though that's the problem (laughs) you can eat whatever you want good morning ann good morning how can i help you well we were very disappointed in our garden this year Uh oh okay our tomatoes didn't amount to anything our potatoes were okay uh, but it, nothing else really worked the way it should have. Okay. And are you growing in the ground or? In, in the ground. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We got uh, a 10 by, I don't know, 10 by 20 size plot. Yeah. So that's a good size plot. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to plant next year if it's going to be a disaster like this year. So we need to add something to the soil. Okay. And we don't know whether to phone somebody and get a big bag of something. Um, do you have, is there access, like can a truck pull up close to the garden or how far away is it to shovel it in or wheelbarrow it in? Well, we would have to wheelbarrow it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we do have some great, like I said, that green up soil enhancement is, is a great, um, for that reason. And it's a nice, um, compost mix to add into your soil. Um, and I, whatever you're going to do, I'd probably recommend, or we have a garden mix that is a mix of compost. And uh, and loam, and you could add that into your soil, and maybe a, a couple bags of uh, add some sea soil in there as well. Okay. You just don't want to get too much. Except and that's we a, live in Lethbridge, so I doubt you're going to be. No, <laughs> well, there's some garden guys down there too. There's some good. There's lots of garden centers down in Lethbridge too. So well, we t- we did talk to somebody out at Burnco. Yeah, and we also know about Boss Sod. We haven't talked to them, but I've heard good things about them. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know a lot. I was just down and um, I've gotten some trees out of that Coleman tree farm down there. And oh. the boss guys are fairly close to there. Yeah. Um, I would just, I would go to your garden center and chat with them. Some of the bag stuff you can get too, but 10 by 20 is still fairly big. That is. It's too big just to buy, buy a bunch bags. of little bags. Yeah. Because yeah. we were out at Green Haven. Yeah. And, uh, and they didn't really, they were not really helpful at all. Hmm. As, you know, okay. it's what we could do. So then we didn't know whether. Yeah, I would just, just I would look in and just see if you could find someone who has like. There's got to be some loam guys out there where you can get a good garden mix and uh, and then just get get that built up with some good loam, and then just add maybe a few bags of like a, a compost or or a garden mix type stuff or sea soil just for some nutrients, and also fertilizing makes a big difference as well. So. Just don't get too much just compost. You want more of a loam mix. Oh, so not just straight. We were thinking straight compost. No, I, I just not when you're doing, unless it's really, really aged or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, I would go more of a loam, especially with potatoes. I just remember my mom, I, we always had awesome potatoes every year, peas. Yeah. And she, oh, we would just throw a bunch of the scraps from the garden in there every year. My dad would get some of the mushroom manure and he would mix that in and it worked great every year. So it's, so okay. if you're able to get some of that from there. Well. And even, Yeah. Just see if you can find some bulk supply, like either from the Burnco or something. They might have some of those bags, or if you can get the big yellow bag from down there somewhere. Yes, well, uh, um, they do do the big bags. They'll deliver, and we, we'd have to wheelbarrow it in. So we thought compost, but you say more of a garden mix? Yeah, I would go more of a garden mix if it's for a veggie garden. Yeah, so compost you just don't, Yeah, because you got to mix it in, right? And if yeah. you get too much compost just on top, yeah. it ends up being just too strong. And oh. it's, yeah. Yeah, we were we were just going to put it on top and then rototill it into our yep. the dirt that's there. Yep, absolutely. So, and I would do it in the fall. I'd yeah turn yep. over your bed first, get it nice yep. and lumpy, and then add the compost and then rototill it over. Okay, but you still say compost and loam, not yep. just straight compost. Yes, I would add more of loam. Okay. Yep. Very good. All right. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for answering. Bye-bye of course. Bye bye. And I probably do. I need to take that break. And I'm going to take a quick break here on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. It's going to go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Merle. Uh, we have a pin cherry, Canada cherry. Yep. And it started to bloom in the last few days, and I was thinking that probably isn't a good thing. <laughs> no, and and sometimes plants will do that; they'll get a second bloom. And uh, I know uh, there's a there's a ornamental crab that's on the Springbank Links golf course because typically I, I played in a fall tournament every year, sort of it was yep. always in September, and every year this only part of this one branch would be blooming. It was always, it was just very consistent, but obviously golf tournaments are, are uh, canceled this year, so I'm not going to be able to see if it's blooming. I'll have to go golf there anyways. But uh, it, I wouldn't worry about it. It's just sometimes they, they'll just send out another burst of okay. blooming. And, uh, and I've seen a couple lilacs blooming right now, and uh, I wouldn't worry about it. It's just something Mother Nature just sends out one more little blast of okay. blooms for some reason. But just ensure that you're getting a good good watering, and then checking for that black knot on the on any of those cherries. Okay, and I have a, a fairly big mugo that's kind of starting to lose needles and turn brown. Uh, uh, on the inside. Uh, inside, but going up towards the top now. Yeah, as long as it stays on the inside, and they look awful for that little bit of time period. Like they get the yellow in the middle, and especially on the pines, it looks way worse yeah. than it is. Okay. So just be patient. Let it go through its two or three weeks of shedding, and then you'll you'll forget all about it. It should just drop its needles, and they do that every two to three years. Okay. Well, great. Thanks very much, Mark. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. And I don't think I have time for any more after this. But if you are on hold, I will take your calls here after um, I'm off. I'll just take them on the phone line if that's okay. And uh, just if you have any transplanting, things like that, it's a great couple days to do any of that stuff. Great time to go plant and uh, buy any new trees or shrubs. It's good transplanting weather. And uh, so until next week, we'll get our garden on uh, All the best to you.